Hey everyone, this is Darren. I just wanted to uh, mention really quick um, that this podcast actually was produced probably a day before um, the unfortunate news about Jeff Bridges and his battle with cancer. And we want to wish him all the best and um, let him know that all of his fans are thinking about him. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. And enjoy the podcast. Mr. Blake, I'm Gene Craddock from the Sun Scene. Tape recorder, okay? Go ahead, that's right. What's your real name? I'm Bad Blake. My tombstone will have my real name on it. Until then, I'm just gonna stay bad. Your heart's on the loose. You rode in sevens with nothing to lose. Where'd all those songs come from? Life, unfortunately. I'm 57 years old. I'm broke. Why don't you sit down and write some songs, huh? Keep going. I keep feeling obliged to apologize for being less than you probably imagined me to be. Somehow this don't feel like home anymore. We ought to go out and find some trouble to get into. Yeah, big trouble. And this ain't no place for the weary kind. I knew what the risks were with you, and I took them. This ain't no place. That's one hell of a song. This is gonna be your best year in the last seven. Never too late, son. Never too late. Pick up your crazy heart and give it one more try. Welcome to the fourth season, which, to be quite frank, in the first season, I didn't think we'd get to the second season, but whatever. Oh, Debbie Downer. <laughs> fourth season of the Download Podcast Show. I am Darren Jenkins. Chris Saunders. And on today's um, podcast, we are doing uh, the 2009 film... Crazy Heart, um, which I had not seen before, and it was interesting. We'll have an interesting conversation. Crazy Heart I'm, I'm, is I'm the interested to hear your uh, your perspective on this one. Yes, I'm sure you are. Um, <laughs> Crazy Heart is a 2009 American film written and directed by Scott Cooper in his directorial debut. Uh, based on the 1987 novel of the same name by Thomas Cobb, the film centers around a down-and-out country singer-songwriter song, singer played by Jeff Bridges, who tries to turn his life around after beginning a relationship with a young journalist played by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, other supporting roles are played by Colin Farrell, Robert Duvall, and child actor Jack Nation. Um, Bridges... F- 
Farrell and Duvall all, hmm, which I don't know what they're talking about, but Duvall sings. They all sing in the film. I don't um, remember Gyllenhaal saying. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but okay. Um, budget is $7 million. Box office, 47.4. Dude, yeah, I just, I just looked that up, and I was... I'm surprised and I'm not surprised mm. um, just because of the style of film it is. It mm. doesn't, it doesn't like come across as a blockbuster, so it's not going to make like hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. But that being said, uh, Jeff Bridges won a ton of lead male actor awards for this mm-hmm. and won a ton of awards for best song, including a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Duval won, or maybe he won a supporting actor. Really? I, I, I have to look at the um, the thing again. But I, just based off of that, I guess maybe it's just one of those hidden, those sneaky movies that kind of. Yeah, I suppose so. Because like the, the, I mean, the, the academy, the academy is going to be looking at it, right? So it doesn't have any effect on people that go see it in the theater. Well, they didn't. Like, I, I recall when this came out, right? This movie um, didn't, like, I don't remember them doing a lot of promotion around the film itself. You know what I mean? I don't think I really heard about it until they started talking about award season. And so that that probably is part of the sneakiness of this film. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I don't remember. I, I, I seem to recall seeing, you know, commercials for it and obviously just the whole singer-songwriter thing mm. got me. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I, I saw it post-theater. Um, what is this? Best first feature. Uh, Robert Duvall was a producer on this. Mm-hmm. So he won a best... He won an award for best first feature film independent spirit awards. Interesting. But that is it. Well, it was cool because um, the uh, this was kind of produced and a lot of the music was composed by uh, T-Bone Burnett, which for those people who know music, know he's kind of a big deal. So, yeah, that guy from the uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, yeah, right. I think he, he, he also did... Um, uh, what's that movie with uh, George Clooney? Um, I forget, but it was that one movie, too. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, so the movie itself, so like I said, I haven't seen, I hadn't seen this before, but I feel like I have because there are, there are. I mean, obviously this came out first but there are remnants there are this i felt like i was watching a star is born the 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 other person's story you know kind of like it was like the it seemed like it was a flipped story a, a little bit and and uh, also it wasn't as tragic which which was kind of good because i i was bracing myself for this ending somewhere and i was just like oh i can't do this man right now don't but it was actually a pretty good ending i mean yes and no i mean it's a different kind of tragedy right yeah Um, but they both ended up well 
Spoiler alert. Um, oh, I am. Really? They both end up in a good that place. This should be the name of our podcast. Actually. Yeah, spoiler alert. Clearly, there's going to be some spoilers if you haven't seen this shit. Oh, damn, it's 2009. If you haven't seen it by now, I'm not going to be, you know. Um, this is actually a year after Dark Knight, which Jillian Hall was also in. Oh, yeah, it's... She was she was cashing checks in that five, five six year span because I think she also did I think I think this there was another movie that's really actually really good called um, Secretary yeah so yeah it was about two thousand two so she was crushing from two thousand two to like two thousand ten she was just cashing checks I have to say. This is like a really good performance by her, by Jeff Bridges. Mm. Even like Robert Duvall was only in it for probably a total minutes. of 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably the weak link here is to me, Colin Farrell. <laughs> he kind of seemed out of place in this film. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like, for like, they, well, he was in the film, if only in name, because like they mentioned Tommy like a billion times in the beginning of the movie. And you're like, who the fuck is Tommy? What What's going on with Tommy? And the, yeah, so yeah, I mean, he kind of was there, but he wasn't and he didn't really like it was almost like he didn't really need to be in the movie. I hate to say it, but they could have kind of done this movie without him actually being in this movie. I mean, they they do have that scene where he's he and uh, Jeff are bad or like talking, and he's apologizing to him for like not bringing him on tour and mm. offering him. You know, there's a couple scenes where they they talk, but um, That's, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. I I just feel like um, I didn't get that sense of this you know country star, right? Yeah, when he was there and like even on stage, like he just looked awkward. So yeah. I, it was, you know, it was, that, that, that took me out of it a bit. Um, mm. I guess his qualifications are trivia. Uh, before acting, Colin Farrell was a professional country line dancer and instructor in Dublin. Instructor and how is that? <laughs> how I mean, he... It doesn't say he was a singer. It says he was a... <laughs> so he just did some country dancing. Yeah, I so, guess, man. So basically anyone could have been in this movie. That's the only thing that I, I, when I hear country lion dancer and instructor, I'm picturing like cool runnings, like that scene where they're all in the bar and there's like people doing that. Yeehaw, you know. Yeah, that's that's a qualification. Yeah. Well, I suppose. I mean, I guess to his defense, right? What was really the qualification for Bradley Cooper being in Star is Born? Like, really? Except well, he, for the fact that he did, was producing. Did, didn't you tell me, or maybe our guest told him that uh, he has his own band? Yeah, yes. I, I don't know if that qualifies him for it. I don't think that's like a, Well, I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm just so everyone to... knows, I'm, I am drinking some bourbon in honor of this uh, this movie. Oh, I thought that was iced tea. <laughs> yeah, that's my go-to beverage. <laughs> um, so, you know, the thing that I probably... I don't know if I remember, I don't remember if uh, I, I knew this before watching the film. That mm. might, this might be what drew me to the film, which is that all the songs are written for Jeff Bridges to sing. Right. For him, particularly for his voice. Right. For him to sing in the film, um, which is really cool. Um, whereas otherwise, you just have songs 
that are written for the film and then this you know maybe you find the actor afterwards or the actor actress um and this was actually like my gateway into country music now i'm not i i've historically been like really non-country um but after watching this movie like you know um uh what's his name ryan bingham uh, wrote a lot of the songs for this. He wrote the main song with um, T-Bone. Yep. Um, he's in the film briefly. Oh, yeah. Uh, as Tony, as one of his backup band members. Um, I, I learned this main song, The Weary Kind. I learned that song. I've forgotten it. But um, this <laughs> is a beautiful song. And um, even even stuff like Falling and Flying, um, Hold, uh, Hold On You, like these are songs that I, you know, I added to my playlist. So, mm. um, yeah, man, this got me in there, and now I'm like I'm a huge Chris Stapleton fan, who's who is country, but uh, got a lot of soul. So yeah, yeah, he kind of credit this film blurs mind a little bit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, what you know, I guess <clears throat> if you're not a um, like. It was it was smart for them to cast Jeff Bridges in this because um, Jeff is country without even trying to be country. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even in the Big Lebowski, you know, there's like this flavor of him being kind of country in that. You know, so I think if you didn't have any exposure to country in previously, this was kind of the movie to kind of do it because you could kind of go, all right, I'm, I'm watching, I'm in it for Jeff, but the music's kind of dope too. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, apparently T-Bone Burnett was like the music archivist for hmm. um, the Big Lebowski. Oh, really? Oh, and then they're like, and they're friends, Jeff Bridges and you know, oh, friends. So, yeah. He, uh, that's another, you know, they, Jeff Bridges only agreed to play the role if his music producer friend, T. Bone Burnett, agreed to come contribute a track for Bad to play on screen. Interesting. So, well, I mean, who, I mean, just thinking, I don't know who else could have done this, to be honest. I'm thinking of actors. Chris Christopherson. Uh, I, always yeah, I always confuse these two guys. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's like musician the man's own, right? way out, though. What's that? I think I feel like casting him would have been the easy way out because he's he's played so many similar roles. Yeah, well, he was in the original one of the original versions of the Stars. <laughs> yeah, so. So they probably they probably like no, nah, we can't. That's no, nah, we can't do that. That'd be like to trying to cast like a like a a, a a cop movie with a screaming, you know screaming detective and immediately putting Samuel Jackson in that role. It's just, come on. Dude, I feel like every movie we talk about, we talk, we bring up Samuel L. Jackson. I was just fail. about to say, like, <laughs> <laughs> is that the new question? <laughs> Could Samuel Jackson be the screaming dude in this movie? He um, could have been Tommy. <laughs> you know, well, probably would have been better. Um, but um, did you... I just I came across this little this, uh, trivia piece as well. This was filmed in 24 days. Yeah, I saw that too, and I don't know how in the f- hell they shot this in 24 days. days. 24 days, three weeks plus. I mean, that's crazy. I would they they they. I don't know why there's no behind the scenes. Yeah, documentary on this film. 20, 24 days to shoot like. Well, I mean, no, that's that's hard. 
because it's not like they were using one location. They used multiple locations and were they actually in like um well oh no not Oklahoma. That's where she's Santa from. Fe. Santa Fe. Um where? I mean I mean he, he's traveling around a lot doing gigs. Yeah, and where I, was like he they're, going they're all, to? He was, he was in Phoenix. Phoenix, that's where, yeah. Um, I think parts of Texas. So, like, were, were, were they going on site or did they just, you know, use... I mean, I think Phoenix, they had to because they used a specific uh, yeah. arena. Venue, yeah. Um, but, it, I, you know, I don't know. The bars that he's playing at, where are they? So, that's all interesting stuff that I would love to, like, watch a documentary on. We could do a follow-up to this. this 24 episode. days. That's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Especially when they add in the... Um, the truck being overturned. Mm -hmm. Usually, you could probably only get one take of that. Dude, why are you why are you jumping to um to the what the fuck section, man? It's not what the fuck. It's just it's a, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, is it cool? Although, no, Rolling over the truck. no, it's a what the fuck. But I'm just <laughs> so so. This is um, I feel like this is where this this kind of differs from a Star Is Born is that mm. um. Bradley Cooper's character was wasn't washed up yet. No. Um, whereas no. Bad is, um, yeah. I mean, they both battle with the drug of their choice. Right. Um, but I, I don't. Know. Yeah, I guess they're there. I mean, it kind of inter it's interwoven. Like you have um, Bad has a lot of. Um, it's kind of. I mean, it is depressing just from the, the get go. Right. Yeah. Bradley Cooper's character isn't like he, he, dad is like arguing with his agent about gigs and shit. Mm, and he's, he's in he's shit in a bowling alley. Yeah, he's playing dives, like bowling alleys, um arguing about a bar tab at one of the venues. <laughs> um and yeah, he's like drunk, he smokes, you know, whatever. Like the doctor later on says, like, it's your general con I'm not, your your ankle is fine from the car crash. It's your general condition that I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> which you never want to hear mm. um and then like even when someone's like giving him a good opportunity like opening for tommy or writing for tommy he's like initially he just says no right so yeah um whereas bradley cooper's character is not opening he's the headliner for his gig still right yeah um, but but i guess throughout that film star is born we see him kind of go down while um lady gaga ascends right so. You feel like this guy is actually like a, a, a kind of a combination of the two characters from A Star Is Born, almost. You know, like because he's he's not he's not as destitute. He's not a, he's he's on some levels he's more destitute than the character that Bradley plays. But on another level, he's he's also got more upside because he's a song like this great songwriter who seemingly can just write things out of you know, out of his ass and you know so um i mean there's a little bit more hope to him to me i feel like even in the scene where in the beginning where um he's in the liquor store and the dude's like talking to him about oh my wife really loves your stuff and whatever i was kind of surprised that because there's two ways this could have gone right so 
he goes in there, the guy fawns over him, says, hey, can you sing a song for my wife, whatever, tonight? The One way was the way he went, which was to actually remember the woman's name and get it right. And even though he didn't really sing it, he tried to. The other way would have been for him to, like, completely get names wrong and, you know, completely, like... Which is like what you would expect from like an alcoholic. Right. You know, he right. remembered that shit, even though he was wasted at the time. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's almost as bad that he didn't sing the song for them. Like he had his backup guys. He, he had, he had, um, Jeff, Jeff Brian Bingham's yeah. the song. Um, yeah. I mean, also, I guess, I guess we're also seeing these two characters at different, this is like a podcast about Stars Born and this movie, mm. um, at different points in their career, right? Like yep. Jeff Bridges essentially in this film is at the bottom. He's at the bottom. Yeah. And he's, and he has, and he, and he ascends and goes up and you know, whatever. And in Stars Born, it's the opposite. It's a downward spiral. So, um, you know, I guess that's the difference between these two stories. Um, I will say, uh, that a lot of the scenery, like right off from the get-go, like we just open up and we're playing um, Hold On You, mm. which I have a, an interesting perspective on that song. Um, the scenery in the background, I was watching this, I'm like, I should send this to our animators for uh, the main uh, yeah, name project. So for those who don't know, I'm working on a project that is like a Western. Um, and... I, just the scenery from this would be great as a reference for mm-hmm. the people I'm working with, man. That last scene where um, they're outside mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there talking, I was just like, "Damn, dude, that's yeah. that's you can't even you can't you can't make that shit up at all. That, that's just a great shot." Yeah, and considering this was the director's first film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit man well done he had a good sim he probably had he hopefully was smart enough and go you know what i need a good cinematographer for this you know Mm -hmm. somebody who can really take advantage of the scenery that we that we're going to have access to so um i I do need to know no we kind of touched on uh the female lead Gene, what is the age difference between these two people? Oh, they don't really talk about it. Her son is four years old, so you would guess she's somewhere in the neighborhood of 35, maybe. And he is definitely, I mean, well, okay, we can say he's 57. Oh, he says fifty-seven. Yeah, he said so there's a twenty, a twenty-ish year gap between these two people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he looks older because he's run down and drunk. Yeah. So it makes it look even worse. Okay. Good. Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Thank you for your assistance. Um, yeah. 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 So, you know, speaking of the, like the, the, the scenery that we see in the beginning, we're also opening with "Hold On You." Mm-hmm. Um, which I see as a or one of the themes of this film, mm-hmm. um, and I just I just think it works. It's a great opening song. It's mm-hmm. perfect um, to the to the movie and the soundtrack and the album, um, and it just like goes so well with the scenery like the that we're seeing in the background. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it just sets up the story really really well. 
and, and we can talk. I, I I didn't really have time to think about it this time, but like what that song means in context with the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, we could say you know, be literal and hold on you is, is referring to, you know, the female lead, right. Gene, or is it get a trying to get a hold on his life or his career or, mm. or you know whatever so i think it's an interesting song that can be interpreted in, you know a bunch of different ways the songs like um like so where where i feel like this departs from the comparisons between this and a star is born is that i feel like the songs and they probably pur- purposely did this when they created the songs for Jeff is that they were pretty, they seemed all pretty personal, like to him, right? Like uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the ones in Stars Born. Cause to me, it's one, except for like maybe one or two songs in the movie, it could have been about anybody. I've, you know, like they were, could have been singing about anybody. I feel like a lot of what he was like, and maybe that was reason why he was having such issues trying to write in the first place, which was um, it seemed like he was able to start writing right around the time that, you know, he met her. And I think me and you had this conversation before about like some of your, like where writers, where songwriters write from, you know, like what they like, you know, some people write from happiness, some people write from pain, some people write from, you know, something else in them, you know, and I feel like he wrote from happiness. And the reason why he wasn't able to write so much anymore is because he wasn't really happy. I mean, dude was basically drinking himself into whatever. And the correlation between her and coming in his life was, you know, I mean, well, I mean, generally speaking, uh, country music is not happy music. Yeah, that's true. It's like blues. It kind of goes along with blues. But, um, you know, to your point, I think it's, um, I think that's, you know, right. Because, one, I think you can only write about so much bad shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and two, I think that's part of the transformation Right. You know, it's a transformative film, transformative character. Right. Is that you know, he is, has been writing about, you know, the standard country stuff. You know, being drink, mm-hmm. losing my job, losing my woman, like you know, bad <laughs> shit. And then, it within this film, you see this transformation, and it's kind of part of my other point. Mm. Um, now he's able to write this song. Now, as I said earlier, I thought that "Hold On You" was one one of the themes right and i think that that i i think that song was a theme for bad right. his like alter ego right and then as we we have this transformation and he's writing the song and he completes the song and he gets sober mm. he said I'm, I'm gonna go with my original name which is otis Right. I think I think Weary Kind is Otis's theme. Right. And you hear a you hear a lot of hold on you in the beginning. Yep. And then as we get through the film, you hear a lot of the weary kind. It's almost you know that and, and you and you don't hear hold on you anymore. So I mm. think that's I think that was what was they were going for. Mm. Yeah, I mean um there's a so the scene where he 
pulls up to her house. Like, I think he's just coming from a, oh, he was coming from the gig at the big venue. And he calls her on the road, says, you know, I'm coming to get you. There's a song that's being played. I can't remember what it was. And I kept kept thinking to myself, something bad is about to happen, man, because it's it's getting kind of dark. And some of this, there's like each time he ends up, like then there's another scene where he pulls up in the truck and he gets out and he's like clearly inebriated. And there's some song playing in the background that's really dark. There was a lot because I look uh, looking at the um the soundtrack. There's a lot of songs there's I completely lot. missed. I completely missed them. I didn't hear them, so I, I cannot speak to this right now. Well, it was good. It was actually really good, but um, it was it felt like they did a good job of um, kind of like whoever who who uh who composed the who, was this. Burnett did, did most of the composition, I think maybe I don't know, but whoever did, they did a really good job of kind of using the music to kind of prepare you for what was about to occur, you know. So oh um yeah, he, I mean Ryan Bingham is in here, T Bone Burnett, uh, Stephen Bruton mm. is also listed. Yeah, I mean, great job. I mean, I can see why. They not got nominated for this. So, you know, um, I think it was really, uh, I don't know why I was expecting to not like this movie as much as I initially did, because mm-hmm. I owned it. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, man, there's just a lot of great acting. I think the music is used very well. Um, the composed music, mm. the kind of like the uh, original songs that were written for this, and, the, and the, you know the supervised music. Um, I, you know, I, like I said, I missed a lot of the supervised stuff. Right. Yeah. It's not up front. Um, I mean, one I one 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 song I did notice was um, it's after his interview with uh, his first interview with uh, I think oh with Maggie. I think so. Um, I think it's after that, but like he's about to meet her for the second time. Right. I think um, he's just in his truck listening to some music. So at, during the interview, she asked him like, you know, who are you? Who who were you, who did you listen to growing up? And he, like, he lists a bunch of uh, country singers, and she's like, well, you also like blues, and he lists a bunch. And so when he's in the truck, um, he's listening to uh, "Once a Gambler" by Lightning, Hop- Lightning Hopkins. Mm. Which is like one of those old school OG blues guys. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad they threw that in there. Like you don't just say that I'm influenced by blues. You put the songs in there. And I think there was other stuff in the um, in the soundtrack that again I missed. Um, yeah, there was um, when I was looking at trying to find a track list. They had the track list, and then there was like a whole bunch. There was like another set of songs like completely separate and i don't know like was it how that relates to like was that it was a lot of song i mean it was like 30 it was 23 songs that was yeah. officially on the soundtrack but then there was like another list of other songs and i think what they were was i think they were 
based on some of the songs that were mentioned in the movie, which was some of that stuff that he was talking about. So, mm-hmm. which actually made me want to, he, he uh, like, I want to go back and watch that moment where he lists out, like he talks about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I was thinking about that myself. Yeah. So I can just, I, I want to know who, who the, what was it? The Georgia. Wild oh yeah. Boy? I can't remember. What? Bobcats, is that what you said? Georgia Bobcats, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, those are mostly country mm-hmm. singers. I don't know if you'd be down with that. I, um, I, I, th- I think one thing I, I loved about this was um, because you get those dives mm. that he's performing in, mm. the sound. Did you listen to the sound of like when they're performing? It really sounded like a live venue. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounded, I thought, I thought was, they uh, were yeah. actually you know, actual, you know, like they were like it was just the night where they were performing, which would have been kind of dope to do. But yeah. I mean, well, they, they actually did that for this wasn't a dive scene, but that big concert where um, where uh, bad opens for Tommy, mm-hmm. they actually did that at, at, at a show. There was a show. Oh, uh, like so they took over a show. And, yeah, they took over a show. They had like four minutes to have them on stage together. Oh. And and they sh- and they shot it and the 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 um response from the crowd was actually genuine because they didn't know Colin Farrell was going to come up on stage so they're like oh my god and like everyone took their phones out and like it went viral within like hours oh, wow so this is actually smart they, 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 yeah they did a real genuine uh, experience with that I'm kind of trying to I'm trying to think of like what would I do if I saw like I was at like some concert and suddenly you know <laughs> Colin Farrell came out and like, get, get the fuck off the stage bro I'm here to see I'm here to see Chris Stapleton bro. <laughs> <laughs> plus like I don't even know if, if he really sang in this it didn't look like it they say he did They did. Uh, so he can actually they said he did mm-hmm. and this is not the first time I've heard him sing on the movie either. So, well, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll I'll take that back. Earlier on in the film, it didn't look like he was singing. At the end, when he's singing uh, the weary kind, mm. you, know, you can see the veins popping in his throat. And even then, I was like, he must have been singing, but they dubbed over. His yeah, voice. I feel I feel like they they did a little bit of that. Yeah. So. Uh, whatever. Okay. Oh, okay. so, so, you know, the next time I we see him, we'll ask him. Oh, so it was the one with the one song I I, I noted um, specifically about the live sound of it was somebody else. Hmm. Um, it just it, yeah. I was just like, this feels like I'm there right now. Well, hats off uh, to the uh, director again. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to a question too, kind of, and maybe we'll get into this. Uh, which is, if this was his first film as a director, has he done anything else since? Because to me, this is a good fucking start. Like, you know, should be he should be doing tons of stuff, I would assume. And... I'm going to click on the thing. I'm going to come and click on it. Oh, you got something? Yeah, yeah. I don't so, know what Styles is. I don't know what Out of the Furnace is. I don't know what Black Moon is. Out of the Furnace is actually pretty good with... um. Christian Bale and Leonardo DiCaprio. That's an actually not a bad movie. What? No, I haven't heard of this film. Black Mass is good. 
that. Black Mass is the movie is the movie that talks about Whitey um the 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 mobster what what's his name? I can't remember. He's a New York mobster. Like uh, real notor Whitey Bulge. Bulger. That dude's straight something wrong with him. So um so what is this? I'm just looking at his filmography. Oh, as an actor, as an actor, this guy has acting credits. He is the Klansman's son in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I don't remember that. He's been in X Files. He's in X Files. Yeah. Oh, the District. Oh, oh, the movie. Oh no, TV series. Yeah. Oh, I was saying District Nine. Oh, the District. Uh, that didn't last that long. Okay, so he, he, his acting credits are up first. Where is his? Oh, here we go. Yeah, he should stick. He's, he's, only, he's only got six director credits. Yeah, that's what. That's so. And he, yeah, it's just so and two, weird. And like two, he, of them, two of them haven't come up yet. Yeah, and in 2009, he didn't do anything else until 2013. Mm-hmm. Damn. Two more he, years, two more years. I mean, that's that's better. Well, it's less time, but. I mean, we can't we can't blame him for right now. He's got something for twenty twenty one that's completed. But uh, he seems yeah. to like to work with Christian Bale because this is his second film. He's done two films with him. So interesting. Well, anyway, yeah, this 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 run was good. This uh, the shot of this uh, this film was good. Mm. Um, um. So I I, I thought the um I thought. <laughs> You you could like just kind of phone in this character, uh, bad. Oh, which one? Uh, but um, I think they did a good job. I mean, obviously it's based off a book, so I think it's written pretty well because mm-hmm. you know you have this drunk smoker womanizer, mm-hmm. a womanizer who like tries to hook up with Gene the first during after the interview, and then like pulls out the card of the, the groupie from the from the bar the same night when she uh, when when Gene since he has to go home. I mean, he's bitter about, you know, having his career and then this guy that used to back him up being the big star now. Um, he's a diva during sound checks. You know, remember that scene where he's like, yeah. stay here until I get it the way I, what I want it to sound. <laughs> um, uh, he won't join, he doesn't join Tommy for his set. Yeah. Which... Tommy comes out on stage, which gives him a pop. Um, when he opens for him, he won't come back out later. So, Tommy's mad nice. I mean, because to be honest, he had a lot of reasons to go fuck that dude. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, so, so he gets in his own way, but then you see this other side where he, he can be like really genuine. Mm. Um, which is like weird because, you know, he, you see after a first show, he hooks up with this like old, old woman. Right. And then after this, the second show we see, you know, the groupie again like, approaches him. This younger groupie approaches him at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's just like super genuine and kind of leaves that all behind for Jean. And then like with her son, right. like the night after they, the day after they uh, hook up, which is like the second time they've met. He's like, oh, I want to make breakfast for you and your son. Like what the... Yeah, he had a he, it's so it's very interesting character in the sense because he has a like he's clearly got like a lot of redeeming qualities, mm-hmm. but he's also it's also very clear that at 
any minute he can go right off the rails. <laughs> I'll tell you what they don't do is he mentions later like I've I've had a lot of like hard times in my life, but like one we don't we don't hear or see what right. those are, right? right. Yeah. All, all we know really for most well for most of this movie, all we know is that he used to be big. Right. And now he's kind of washed up. Well, you know what? That's what happens. Like, I don't, I don't feel sorry for you because of that. Right. And then he's had a, and then later on we find out that he had a son who he hasn't seen since he was. Yeah, that came out of the blue real quick too for me. I was like, and mm. it's just like, well, that isn't that, that that sucks, but that's not really hard times because it's probably something he brought upon himself. Yeah. So I think. A, <laughs> I really like this movie, but I think a little more backstory about what what were those hard times? Were you like, did you have an abusive father? Right. Was your what did he not? Was he not there? Was your mom not there? Like, were right. you adopted? Like I, anything, you know, just right. to explain your alcoholism and like abandoning your son, and then and then like can't feel sorry for him about his his son's mom being dead mm. because we just find that out later in the movie. So it's you know well, there this are movie some been four hours. This movie yeah, could easily right. been four hours, right? First yeah. half, oh, yeah. just oh, kind of yeah. like telling it's his only, story. What is it? An hour forty-five. It's not even that long. It's, it's not one fourteen, I believe. An hour and fourteen minutes. Something no well, uh, four zero. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's not in, in the scheme of things. Like in the scheme of like Lord of the Rings, it's a very short. No, it's movie. pretty short. Pretty, uh, oh, actually, no. Running time, oh, one hundred and twelve minutes. Uh, well, under two. Yeah. So, which, which I just feel like comedy is hour and a half. Yeah. Epics three hours. So like this is still to me pretty short for the type of movie it is. Yeah. Um. So, so maybe I mean I, I saw some reviews that were like this is kind of slow at points and you know they could have made it longer but maybe that would have dragged it out. I don't know. Um, but I feel like there was still some story to tell. Mm, there definitely was, because you're right. Like, it, it felt, yeah, like <clears throat> we see we see he's messed up, but we don't see a lot about why. And also, that. one other thing bothered me, too, was the Robert Duvall character. So when he mm -hmm. comes back to the bar there, like, who is this dude? Like, literally, what is he to him? Like, it just felt like, like, was, I, I don't know, I, I felt like there was a gap, like, I didn't understand a little bit about who Robert Duvall was in relationships, like, how long, you know, it just was weird. You know what, I, but I am saying this, and I, but I still think it works. I think, um, right, we're just getting a snapshot of his life. We're not, right. we're not seeing that whole kind of like well a large part of the story that we see right. in star is born which is like he's at the top and he goes down and or we see this just a snapshot and like yeah like imagine if you kind of just met somebody like you met someone through a friend mm. or a friend of a friend mm. and like y'all just went to the same bar for some reason and he knew the bartender that's all you're seeing. You're just seeing like him right. coming to this bar that you've never been to and you've never met the bartender. Oh, okay, they know each other, great. And then you never see them again. You know, that's the way it's written, I suppose. I guess. I guess. I'm not, I'm just spitballing here. 
but um, but but that being said, that's why I say it works is because I'm still engaged in this film. I'm still the only reason I'm finding faults with it right now is because we're talking through it. Well, I think I think they sold you on like <clears throat> they sold you on the story behind the relationship of him and her. I think that's really the crux of where they were trying to go with like here's this flawed individual here's this woman who helps him without even trying to helps him kind of re re you know re, rediscover himself i guess i think that's the story they wanted us to kind of pay attention to but i think it's natural to like see this flawed individual and go, well, how'd he get flawed? Like, okay, he's flawed, but I, I kind of want to know why he's flawed. And uh, so there's nothing wrong. Like, it, it does still work. It does, like, right? But curiosity is curiosity, and you're going to want to know, like, maybe maybe that's the problem, right? Maybe the character is just too interesting for us to not not care about. You know maybe, what I mean? Maybe maybe they just set it up for a prequel. They should have. They should have done which, which, a, you which know, will come, which will come in ten years. If they thought of, hey, if they did our a, thing, they could just do it in the music universe. <laughs> wait, wait, is that is that part of the actual music universe? Or is it a separate? Fictitious, it would be like you know, music universe. It would be like our yeah, it would be our spinoff. Or, spin or, does, or does Bad Blake meet Prince at a show oh, somewhere? There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, you know, overall, I thought the movie still, like, it did not make, it like, missing that background didn't make me think that the story didn't make sense. It just would have been nice. Know. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, well, now we're, we kind of keep on going back to A Star is Born. I think another similarity is how fast this relationship progresses yeah i was that i was like whoa really oh wow that was what um, in 20 minutes what yeah it just goes from like well first of all meeting her uncle right that's everything up and then meeting her interview almost like he's trying to put the moves on that night mm -hmm. and then meeting her a second time and then okay they hook up all right there's one scene before okay. they even hook up where <clears throat> I guess they're laying on his bed or he's laying on a bed and she's sitting on her bed with her mm -hmm. shoes off. Mm -hmm. And that, even that is like... That's, that, that's, that's the night they hook up. Yeah, I was going to like, all right. Okay. You know, if I'm going for an interview, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not laying on somebody's bed doing that interview unless I'm trying to hook up. So... Mm -hmm. I guess that, I mean, it makes sense in that. It definitely and I, th and I think that's another um, part of background that we don't get. Yeah. Is, I get the impression that she has known about this guy for a long time. Mm. Like you hear other people come up to him and say like, oh, I'm a big fan. And like, I, I listen to your stuff, like even the groupie at the bar. Mm. I think she's also kind of a groupie. I think, I think so. like through her father or something or her uncle, like she had known about him and listened to his music growing up. Mm. Like, this was like a dream come true to her, but they don't say it. Mm. And I don't know if that's like something we're supposed to assume as you know, intelligent viewers, but um, you know, again, background. 
also one other thing too after she interviews him initially in a few few times did they mention anything about the article ever coming out was it ever like no he said she was finishing it she was or work, yeah she was finishing it up at some point when he called when he calls her from the road but yeah. right, I mean she could have just been using it as a line to get with him I mean she could have been a groupie oh man <laughs> she can't get but then she can't get married when he loses her, her son man like, yeah that was kind of fucked up yeah, well, okay, so <laughs> segue. Like, what the fuck moments? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My first one. This is right off the bat. This is like the first scene we see him. Uh, yeah. He gets out of his car. Is he coming arriving at a gig? And he pulls out a bottle and pours it out. Mm. That's a pee bottle, right? Yeah, I think so. So he's just in on the road in the car, peeing in a bottle while he's driving. Yeah, man. You know. He's hardcore. Mm-hmm. I mean, this might not seem like what the fuck to like maybe some other traveling musicians, but I don't travel that much. I was gonna say you, need, you need, <laughs> might need to keep that note just in case. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'll store that away. <laughs> and uh, so when he first meets Maggie, like she comes to his room, like surprises him. He's not even ready for it. Yeah. Is he watching porn? You know what? I said the same thing. I was like, if this is porn, one, it's terrible. <laughs> Two. Turn it off immediately. Like he yeah. waits to like get dressed and like tells her to wait outside, and, and then he lets her in. Then he turns it off. Was his Dude. door wide open? Because like she just kind of like she is not going to just. Hey. Oh, yeah, I don't no. know, man. I think the door was open or something. <sighs> anyway, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, Matt married a- married four times with a twenty year old son that he hasn't seen since he was four. <laughs> Maybe he likes he watches Friends a lot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got some what the fuck moments of your own. Uh, um, well, you know, our, our our critique of that relationship was a little bit of a what the fuck moment to me. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, well, we're talking about how fast it was. Yeah, she brings him to meet her son after the second time he's met. Yeah, her. I'm sorry, that doesn't happen. Fuck that. Great judgment. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Great judgment. <laughs> she even so much as says, like, when he first, when he, after he comes out to rehab and he goes back to her house and knocks on the mm. door, to, you know, whatever, she even says, Oh, I knew what I was getting in. I knew what I was getting into. How did you know what you were getting into? Because, like, because background, you knew about this dude before you met. Yeah. So I'm just like, you can't be surprised when he loses your son. You can't. There's, I'm sorry. You should be going, yeah, I figured that was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you know. Um, I, You know, Tommy kind of, his... Like the whole, the whole, like it was weird. Like, I don't know if it was a what the fuck moment, but it was just weird. Like, he didn't seem like a big star in country, even though, like, when they walked in that bar, these, these women were trying to take photos with him. And the guy who comes over to the table and whatnot asks for his autograph, he's like, oh, yeah, you should ask him for the autograph too, you know? And he kind of just like looks at him like, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that, but thanks for the offer. You know, I was just like, man, that's kind of fucked up. 
that is kind of fucked up. But an understandable moment, but still kind of fucked up. They didn't have to so, I had a what the fuck moment. Like I feel I thought it was the biggest what the fuck moment in the movie. Which is hands down, no contest. What movie? Which one? Did you see the phone book? The phone book. The phone book. Oh. Dad pulls out the phone book to call his son. <laughs> phone book. But here's the thing. I just looked it up. This best movie is based in 1977. What? Yeah. But like, Are you sure? The, well, the book is. The book is. Oh, uh, so they got it. So it's kind of like, oh. Uh, yeah, who pulls out a fucking phone book in anywhere, like, since 1977? Well, it's also funny that, like, when he opens it, like, there's pages, like, folded into each other and shit. So we clearly haven't used it in a while, maybe since 1977. Yeah, that was... Um, But, yeah, man, I mean, we should probably... Oh, man, we haven't talked about... Well, there's some songs we need to mention, and then we haven't talked about any quotes. Um, But, um... Well, flying and falling is, I think, he plays it a couple, two or three times in this movie, which is one of the songs I have on my playlist now. Hmm. I love that. I love that line. And also, I've heard it again and again, Chris, a Chris Stapleton song. He uses a similar analogy, but like, hmm. it's funny how falling feels like flying for a little while, which... I, I mean, it's just a great lyric. It's just an amazing lyric. Mm. Um, you get that. I you get that sense of this character, um, who you know had this was a big star, mm. and that's the flying, and then he's had this complete like meltdown, and that's the falling. It's so very he, much it, like describes his 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 career. Yeah. So I just I for that reason maybe it's just because in context of this movie, but I I love that song. I love that lyric. Um, and then later on he plays that song that he's supposed to play for the couple, but he Mm. can't sing it. Goes outside and pukes, comes back in. But he plays it later on in the film and and like jumps off uh, off stage and starts dancing with one of the Mm. people in the crowd, which you know shows that. That maybe that's a, a little glance at his, pre, you know, his star years, and he mm. was like, you know, pretty big, mm. which is cool. Um, I, I noted one song. Um, I can't remember where it shows up. Are you sure, Hank? Are you sure, Hank? Done it this, done it this way. Um, was he talking about Hank? Um, Hank Williams? I, I don't know. Who he was talking yeah, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, I, it just caught me just because um, it had this like '60s rock feel to it, even though it was a country song. Like you have the twang of the the, the singer's voice hmm. and the twang of the guitar. It was just very country. Uh, Waylon Jennings, it's by. But I just I don't know. I wrote it down just because maybe we, maybe because we did this Woodstock film last season. Hmm. Uh, it just had a very um, '60s rock feel to it. Well, I mean, I guess if it's if this was supposed to take place in the seventies, that's about right, right? Mm, yeah, you hear that influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the song he plays at his last last gig, like small gig we see, uh, mm. "Brand New Angel," which is very like intimate. Um, it's this kind of redemptive song mm. after his. Uh, he goes after he comes back from rehab and gets clean 
So, which again is the opposite of a Star is Born. He doesn't get clean. He dies. Right. Spoiler alert. Actually, that that's just, that's pretty bad. Bad spoiler. We're talking about <laughs> Crazy Heart, and I just told everybody what happens in the Star is Born. Sorry. Um, Oops. Maybe, maybe when you post this, you should put spoiler alerts for Star is Born <laughs> in the title. Um, but yeah, but that, that's another like very you know nice, you know, beautiful song. There's a I forget when he said this. I have, I didn't write it down, but there's a and when Bad Blake right, uh, says whole worlds have been tamed by men who ate biscuits. Yeah, I remember that. That was kind of dope. There's a lot of like. I, wait, 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 I don't get one it. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't get that one. Me either, right? <laughs> but it it, it, it was I, still I, like. I, I, that's why I didn't write it down. I was like, okay. I'm making nice. Like, Good, uh, good T-shirt, you know. Um, um man, I, I have a few quotes here. Um, there was one from the interview, the first, the first time he's being interviewed by Gene, and she's like, "Did you ever want to do anything else?" And he talks about being good, decent baseball player. He's like, mm. "I just figure I'd stick with the guitar. Son of a bitch, stayed where it was supposed to. Cause he <laughs> couldn't hit because he couldn't hit the curveball." Oh yeah, I like that one. Um, Oh man, this was like, this might be <laughs> the, the top cheesiest line, pickup line ever. Mm. I want to talk about how bad you made this room look. Never noticed what a dump it was till you came in here. Mm. I don't know. I'm doing my Forrest Gump voice, but <laughs> I know Forrest Gump. Uh, that was a good line. I mean, I wouldn't have. I mean, I'm not writing it down of using my next. <laughs> Hey, but uh, although that would be dope, what would be dope if I used it? And then the girl's like, "Crazy heart? Is that from Crazy Heart?" Uh huh. Uh huh. Don't get um, caught, bro. Don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> um, where's the, the one I saw? Where is it? Oh, when the uh. When he's talking to his manager and his manager before his manager hangs up the phone and says, Don't uh don't marry your friend. And he and he's like, You want me to call him back and tell him I'm not about mm-hmm. to marry you? And he's like, You might want to wait until I Yeah, that was good. Um <laughs> Yeah, and it's like his glasses are askew on his face. I mean, he was clearly drunk at that point. Um well, there was one I really I was like, Shh. oh yeah. Again, there's another conversation with a manager. Mm. Uh, he's like, you, like something like, I, you got to do this fucking gig, whatever. And he's in bad is like, if you found out your sister was turning five dollar tricks, you'd overbook her. Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see, that's a good one, dude. Oh my god, yeah, that one you write down for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I actually liked um, when he's 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 noodling on the guitar mm. with uh, with Gene, and he, I think he asked her like, you know, you recognize that one? And she's like, yeah, I just can't remember who who wrote it. And he's like, that's the way it is with good ones. You're sure you've heard them before? That's good. It's actually it's actually about talking about the weary kind as he's writing it. That's a good one. And she gets and she gets mad because he's like, oh yeah. He's just, he's just doing. He's just like 
noodling and writing the song. Yeah, like you're never gonna remember. You're gonna you sitting laying there writing that song. Mm -hmm. You're gonna forget me. I'm like, yeah. Or you're writing in my bed every time I I, I, I see the bed. I'll think you know. I'll think about that was actually song. a nice. That was actually a cool moment. Right? Yeah. Well, that, that that's one of those ones that showed this. You know how genuine he was. Right? Mm -hmm. That was one of those endearing qualities. Well, the little, you know, the, I was very, that was, I mean, if I had to say one thing that surprised me about the movie was his interaction with the little boy, um, which I guess what makes it more, more shocking that he lost him, you know, but that little kid really just made him human, you know, made him like, you're like, wow, this guy is actually not a terrible dude. He's, you know. Well, and, and, and it didn't look forced either, right? It, looked, right? it didn't look like he was just doing it to get into her pants, right? They looked um, like they were good friends, you know? These but that being said, like, I, I was just anxious knowing, you know, this guy's an alcoholic, you know, hmm. he, his, he lays his hats at home, like, it just made me nervous. It made me anxious every time he was alone with the kid. Yeah. You know, that, that, and, and, and it gets paid off when he loses the kid, right? So. Yeah, you kind of knew, like, I knew when they walked into that bar, He when he walked into that place with a kid, I was like, yeah, this, this is not going to end well. <laughs> one rule. He had one rule. Don't drink in front of the fucking kids. Come on, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I cannot ignore, I have to say, before we end this podcast is, again, I have to bring it back to A Star is Born because this was a, I, I enjoyed A Star is Born, mm -hmm. but a huge sticking point was the writing of Shallow. <laughs> I would care about it. I, this is like you don't fifth, think songs fifth, get written like that? This is the fifth podcast that is not A Star is Born where I've had to revert to talking about this fucking thing. But the reason I bring it up is because of uh, writing The Weary Kind. Mm. You know, you see him talking about it, uh, not talking about it, writing it in several scenes. Right. Um, kind of the same way we did, um, we were talking about uh, Purple Rain. Right. You know, you see that frustration while they're writing it. You see, you know, it's not just written in one Right. Night. It's not just someone telling you, like singing you a couple bars and you can finish the fucking song. I got it. <laughs> um, it's, it's throughout the film, man. It's like, it's, it's, it, and that's and for me, like, I identify with that. Like, you know, he's, mm. I tend to write my songs like, I do write them like within like an hour usually. Right. But, you know, I am sitting there like, okay, I play some chords, I get my chords together. Oh, okay. I get my verses. I get my. I get all the parts figured out, and then I'm. I'm writing. I'm writing the lyrics, and I'm going back and forth, and I'm getting frustrated. I'm not just like. Mm. It's not just that, you know, and uh, and you see with him in, in this film, he, you have several different scenes. Right. And I, he's he started noodling with the guitar. Okay, now he's got some of the notes. Right. He goes back to it. You see the frustration. He goes back to it again. Um, and, he's, and he's getting those lyrics down. So I just appreciate that. I just appreciate no, I mean, the realistic portrayal of songwriting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was a bit ridiculous. And, you know, I, and if you're going, you know, the, to me is like, if you're going to 
tackle songwriting in a movie, you kind of have to be true to the process. You can't just like one minute, you know, I think you're going to write a song. song. And then the next minute, it's fully scoped out and orchestrated. With, and with, Without the person who started writing it. Right. You just started, Lady Gaga started writing You don't even need that. them. And she sang a few bars and then... I heard you homeless in your sleep. All right, I, I wrote just, a full score anyway, for it. Let's, 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 not, let's not go on too much of a tangent, but I just, I just wanted to say I appreciated the songwriting, the focus on songwriting right. in this film. Shall we get into the questions? Um, let me just make sure I don't have a, um, another quote that's pretty awesome. Um, you know, I, I have some other quotes, but I, I'll leave them. I'll leave them. I let other people think about that for us. Maybe put it in the comments if people want to post this on social media. Word, word. Sure, let's do them questions. So, <laughs> this I was thinking about this one <clears throat> as I'm sitting there watching this movie. And could Tom Hanks be in this movie? I would like to see Tom Hanks take a stab at this role. Um, I, I think, especially so. now, at, at this point in his career, and uh, as Jeff, at the, at, at at, Bad yeah, Blake? yeah, as Bad Blake. Oh, um, I was not expecting that one. You, I mean, I just feel like we've seen him do as he's gotten older. Right. I feel like as he's gotten older, we've seen him get a little rougher. Hmm. He's he maybe proved that he can do roles like this and not just be that lovable cuddly guy. Interesting. Um, like, what was it, Captain Phillips? Mm -hmm. That was, you know, I feel like, not to say that that's a fucking country singer, but like just the, the roughness of that character would be a good example of how we could, you know, translate that into this role. I'm not saying he would be better. I just think it'd be interesting to see. Interesting. I was not expecting that one. Um, Full of surprises, bitch. Wow. I... <laughs> To be honest, I I found very hard to find a move a, a role for him in this. I was like, well, maybe he could play the Robert Duvall role. Mm -hmm. um, but Robert Duvall is like a, still a bit of a, even though he's like a good friend, he's still a bit of a dick. Yeah, he's, <laughs> like like he comes oh. in on um on bed on the floor in his bathroom, like he's just yeah. up and he slept on the floor all he's night. Like, he's uh, like, Let's go. We're going fishing. Like he doesn't help him up. He just like says we're going fishing. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say. I'm like, he wasn't moving. He could have been dead. You could just gonna be like, all right, goes, come no, on, no, get up. Not, not again. So this is like a situation where he's used to this. <laughs> that's that's when see, and so that goes back to your point about knowing more about who this guy is and where he came from, because I think these guys have been in the shit for a long time together. So that's why he could do that. Well, I think that's a good point. That, that relationship is a good place where they do give a little, they're able to give a little background without like flashing back, right? right. He's just, he knows he's aware. Like you see the first time he comes into the bar, he's part, pours him a drink and he's like, nope, you don't get another one, right? So we know he is aware of his issues. Yeah. Known for, about it for a while. So... <laughs> Um, that that's that, that that was a good way to do it, right? But again, like I feel like I just wanted could have been more. Mm. Um, could Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven be in this film? I think absolutely, like a country yeah. cover of this just fits perfect. I, yeah, this might be the most perfect movie for this. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not even had doesn't even have to be in the, in the, the generic. Um, 
someone dies scenario right. either, right? right? It could just be it could be a song they perform at one of the uh, venues or yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be actually kind of dope to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, yeah, I would love to have seen that happen in this film. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, that's unfortunate. What when did um, Tears in Heaven come out? Was it '92 or something? Yeah, so they definitely had access to. I'm, um, yeah. Well, I guess I can understand why they didn't do it, but it would have been it would have been interesting. It would have been really interesting. So, uh, what? Oh, it's a. Uh, it's probably why the the film only cost seven million because they didn't have to worry about buying the rights for songs. They they wrote most of all the stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> Like I just searched Tears in Heaven and it says two thir- 2013 release. Oh, really? <laughs> no, no, oh, that's just, what I'm saying. Because, like... um, I think there was some kind of oh, Tears in Heaven. Did he release an album called Tears in Heaven? Uh, 19 release 1992. Woo, boy, woo, go, Chris. All right, anyway, I got skills. Um, yeah. okay, so music, um, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I think are we both yes on Tears in Heaven? Yeah, no, yeah, we don't both agree. Same thing, I think so. Um uh what did this get IMDB gave this a seven point two out of ten. Rotten yeah, Tomatoes a ninety. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is what was that's the standard, right? Rotten Tomatoes usually the standard. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they're, they're either you either get a ninety or a twenty-eight. There's no in between. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, as far as songs go, mm. do you have a favorite, and do you have one that encompasses, you know, the film, the story? Uh, um, I think. I think it's the 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 my favorite one probably is Fallen and Flying. Mm. I really enjoyed that song. Um a lot because of what you were talking about, how it really it really kind of is a song about his career in a lot of ways. But I don't as much as I enjoyed it, I don't I think it's clearly a weary kind is the the theme for this song. This I think it just, especially toward the end, like it, as we get get at the end of this film, like you know his what I what I enjoyed was they flash forward sixteen months down the road and mm. they kind of showed him. You know, I thought it was important for them to kind of him for him to be standing next to his manager on the on the stage backstage and 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 kind of you see kind of like like if you had to draw a graph of his career it would be it would be up and down and back up again and that was this the, the beginning of him coming kind of going back up again and but i feel like even though he's 
kind of rehabilitated himself. I feel like you can still sense a bit, a bit of weariness in him. So, um, we're weary. Oh, you gonna be, you know, you just, gonna be literal. All right, all right. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. I mean, that's my two cents. I, I, I think that would be my choice for the song that best fits the movie. Um. You know, I, yeah, I said uh, earlier that Hold On You was like the theme for the first half of the movie and mm. was the theme for the second half um, as he is transform, transforming himself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I mean, I, that, I think that's my favorite song. I learned it so <laughs> from mm. the film. Um, but yeah, if you just look at the lyrics. Uh, it was clearly written to be that overarching yeah. Song. Yeah. Um, it even says, "Pick up your crazy heart and give it one more try." So it has the name of the title of the song. I'm glad they didn't call the song "Crazy Heart." Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just I mean, I think just the lyrics alone. I mean, they tell that story. Um, I I I just want to go through the whole thing. I like guess yeah. your heart your heart's on the loose. You rolled them sevens with nothing to lose. This ain't no place for the weary kind. Uh, you called all your shots shooting eight ball at the corner truck stop somehow this won't feel like home anymore it sounds like a poem yeah Um, like you like you read the words and you want to listen to the song yeah it's very rare these days (laughs) um and i think even the well we have the chorus but the third Oh, man, this no, the whole thing. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This ain't no place for the weary kind. This ain't no place to lose your mind. This ain't no place to fall behind. Pick mm-hmm. up your crazy heart. And give it one more try. I mean, that's that's it. <laughs> um, but then it, we get more specifics of, you know, stuff we've seen in the film. Right. Um, that's more literal. So your body aches, playing your guitar and sweating out the hate. Like we saw scenes where he was doing that. The right. days and the nights all feel the same. Um, I think we see that too, right? Like we see early on, he has a gig, hooks up with a girl, has a gig, you know, girl approaches him in the bar, you know, like you can tell that that's a redundant or repetitive story in his life. Right. And whiskey has been a thorn in your side and it doesn't forget the highway that calls for your heart inside. Right. And obviously he's an alcoholic and it's just... And this is like, that's it. Those are the lyrics plus another chorus. Like, it, it doesn't have to do much. Mm. Um, and that's just so effective. And I think that's one thing I appreciate about country music. A lot of the times, like, the lyrics are so simple, right. but still so enlightening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people appreciate country music. Like, if you listen to Chris Stapleton, I'm going to say his name again. Chris Stapleton is ridiculous. Check out his stuff, like his last four albums, mm. all ridiculous. It, it, a lot of it is very simple. A lot of the, the, the wording is simple, but it's just, you know, putting this word here, reversing how you say it, you know, genius. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan, but I do enjoy a good country song. So um, Darius Rucker, I, I think he's really good. Um, I like that he made that transition from... Never thought of him as a country with Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Hootie, and you're like, what? But he's hardcore 
country there now, which is cool. You know, the music is good. You know, I mean, and I like uh, what's what's uh, what's her name? Um, Faith. Um, Evans. <laughs> Faith Hill. Faith Hill. No, no, Faith. Yeah, I love. I like her. She's really good. So, um, so, oh, uh, um, so, what do you give this movie? <sighs> Again, I was. I, I don't know why I was thinking I was going to enjoy this film less this time. Uh, so yeah. I was prepared to give it like a six or a seven. Hmm. Um. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta give it an eight, man. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's funny because I thought you would give it. To be honest, I thought you were going to give it higher since you've been trying to get me to watch this for a while. <clears throat> so I don't know why I'm not going higher. Um, maybe it is because of that lack of backstory. Um, I don't love all the songs in this soundtrack. Hmm. Um, I do like a bunch of them. Uh, it's just like this. This the acting is just like so on point. Mostly, um, the writing is great. That that interaction, that relationship between Bad and um, Gene, yeah, um, is just so well done. Yep. And um, I think that really. I mean, obviously, uh, that's kind of what it's about. It's not really about his career. It's about that relationship and him. Um, defeating his demons right um and i think i don't know why i, I, I just i think that it's just, it was just done really well nothing it doesn't speak to me i'm not an alcoholic i don't have like, these demons but right. it's just i don't know it's just really well done okay thumbs up um i probably so i enjoyed the film i like the combination of Maggie and Jeff on the screen. I feel like they should do something else together. It was where, 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 where he plays her father, perhaps. Yeah, or something. Yeah, something more age appropriate, or you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the performances. The songs were, you know, they were good. They, I wouldn't. Uh, like, there's nothing I would instantly fall in love with but also i feel like this is a movie plug, plug, that, plug for my album liquid therapy would fall in love on it oh there you go um i i think this is a rewatchable movie like i think if it's on and you're flipping the channel on a sunday i would watch it i think it's good enough to do that so on on that note i probably would also give it an eight Oh, snap. So, you know. Aligned. Yeah, that's a rare one. <laughs> Get it out the way now because the season's going to be a long season, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, good. Yeah, it was good. Was, what, what was missing? What was missing? Were you missing like one of them Lady Gaga songs from A Star is Born? What was it? Oh, fuck. It wasn't Not that, that. What was that? crazy dance song that she put out was it was it it was a heal me was it i can't heal me yeah i think it was no. wasn't it come on man i that, you know, look i don't give this movie a 10 just because of that because they didn't do any crazy 
Because they could have completely done that. If they they could have made Tommy like this pop singer instead and you know really just turn this into like a oh god, why is this happening to me movie? Well, on that note, um, I did find a last piece of trivia. Uh, I had mentioned Stephen Bruton, who was one of oh, the producers. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention film. that. Uh, the film was dedicated to him. Um, yeah. He died before the film premiered. So Yeah, May, he died in May of 2009. So um, rest in peace and well done on this film, sir. Yes, sir. Just... Um... <laughs> It's sad, it's sad, but um, he has this piece of art that is out there. His name will always be attached as a, a very good film. Mm-hmm. A very good film with a very good soundtrack. So, so what's, uh, well, I already know what's come, what, what's, what's happening in the short term. Um. Well, we haven't done this podcast for a while, and I think last time we did it, I said I was going to be trying to do a a, a, a pop up gig, which I haven't done yet. So, mm-hmm. keep an ear out for that one. Yeah, that'll <laughs> that be in season five. Yeah, we might take another year. Um, but yeah, live stream hopefully coming soon. Hopefully, but um, yeah, man, um, as you well know. Darren is uh, working with me on a really kind of big project, um, kind of an album uh, slash experience uh, called The Man With No Name. It's going to be about six songs, one story, um, all each song with its own music video, animated music video. And uh, we are kind of, what, a month and a half into working and planning on this and yep. we have animators we have producers musicians yep. um, vocalists uh, you know a lot of things in place and uh, i've recorded all the songs uh, my parts of the songs already and hopefully we're gonna get you know these rest of the musicians on top of it and get those parts in and whew, it's gonna take a while but uh you know keep an ear out keep an eye out i'll definitely be promoting uh, it's soon and we're going to need your help to uh, get it off the ground. Yep. And don't forget, we're going to, we're, we'll, we're, we're recording all of the process behind the scenes. So that will be released at its, as its own video series, podcast series. Um, so where we talk to each other uh, and the animators, the musicians and all these different pieces involved. <laughs> So you get a really cool um, behind-the-scenes look at this whole process, man. And yeah. for me already, it's been super exciting and super interesting just to, you know, talk to these people and talk about things I don't know about animation. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm getting you know, a cool view of the process. Yeah, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be fun. A um, lot of lot of moving parts. A lot of enthusiastic. That's the cool thing about it. It's a lot of enthusiastic people. Yeah, everyone we've talked to. I just, I love it. I love the energy, man. It makes me more energetic. I'm already excited about this, but uh, yep. the fact that other people are excited as well, um, you know, this enhances the whole. It enhances everything. Yep. In the meantime, I have nothing. <laughs> I keep on posting stuff about. Filmed off New York and 
talking to this person and talking oh, that's to that gonna, person. I have some changes there. Podcasts. And- podcasts, yeah. We've got in podcasts. Um, I'm working on a couple of um, potential interviews. Actually, one I'm going to talk to you about at some point uh, as well. I, I should be interviewed as much as possible. It's a music person. Okay. So, figured you might want to jump in on that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, outside of that, just chilling and illing, man, trying to make a killing while I'm willing. No? Too much? Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, good to get this final, this first episode of the fourth season off the ground. Oh, number four. Wow. It was crazy. That's a lot of, that's a lot of episodes. So, you know, keep them coming. Um, anyone who wants to be on the show, make sure to drop us a line on Facebook or Instagram at the Download Podcast Show, and uh, or if you got questions, or if you've listened to one of our previous podcasts and you have critiques or complaints, or or if you want to just is if there's a film you want us to talk about, man, yeah, that any, would be anything, man. Let us know what films you think we should be having um watching. And uh, maybe if we choose one of choose your film, maybe we'll have you on to talk about it. That would be splendid. That'd be cool. All right, sir. Well, I think that'll be it for us. And, uh, you know, thanks for having us back again. We're back, baby. Um, Until then, I am Darren Jenkins. I'm Chris Saunders. And this was the down, down low. see you guys thanks Peace.